0: Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter, and today we have moved on to day 17, where we pray that your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. Back whenever I was first given the um, responsibility of being able to drive a motorized vehicle. My parents were in a blessed position to be able to find me this beautiful 1995 Toyota Tacoma pickup truck. And it was beautifully bright red. And even more incredibly, it was a manual transmission. And I thought it was the best. I still think it's the best. It was uh, so much fun. And just being able to Yeah, learn how to drive in this uh, fun pickup truck and just kind of cruising around um, and feeling like I'm actually driving with moving through the transmission and everything. Awesome. And there was this funny thing that happened where all of a sudden being committed and connected to this red truck where all of a sudden I started seeing Tacoma pickup trucks all over the place. And kind of thinking about the color red, I was like, I don't know, is red my color, is red my color? I don't don't know if I've seen too many red cars. And then it's like like every single car that I was seeing, it was like, oh, another red one, another red one. And it was kind of like, once I had this connection to this car, now all of a sudden it changed my vision to be able to see these cars everywhere. Uh, And I, I think maybe I'm experiencing something similar to that by analogy with this retreat. I don't know if you can relate, this going deep into the reality of trust. It's changing. It's such that, I don't know, I feel like almost annoyingly so. Uh, that's all I'm talking about is trust, uh, surrender, abandonment. And it's also everything that's coding the way that I see what I'm doing, how I'm talking, how I'm moving through my life, how I'm relating to God, how I'm relating to other people. That's It's all in this level of trust and openness and vulnerability um surrender today it was just amazing going around uh to some different appointments driving and just some beautiful moments of like i have a gps i know where i'm going and yet i just missed the turn there was some construction and then i got on a detour and then there was traffic in the city and i was late i was late and i was so tempted to just freak out and be frustrated um, thinking I'm going to let these people down. And I just trusted. I was like, Lord, I trust you. That this is all going to work out. And to come back, and I just had a full afternoon of communion calls, which I love to be able to sit down and spend time with, with different people and there to be able to be with them. And it's kind of A hard thing to navigate. How much time do I spend with each person? And some people need more. Other people need less. And to you know respect people's time. And I don't know. I just felt the Lord throughout every single encounter, like just trust in me. Just trust in me. Like okay, you need to go. It's like but but I feel like I should say it's like you need to go. It's like okay, I trust in you. Just these little movements of my heart throughout the day. It's like okay, I trust in you. Um, yeah, it was beautifully. There was construction. There was traffic there was um longer conversation there were shorter conversations there were some conversations um where classically people just feel like the lord doesn't want them kind of a thing and it's like i I don't know why i'm here or maybe i'm here because i'm i'm needed here i'm needed by this person and to really be able to speak this what if you're here just because the lord wants you here do you have a purpose just by you being you and and believing in God living within you that you are actually bringing God into this present moment in this reality and by your offering up your present limitations and sufferings the Lord is transforming not only you but the people around you and um, the world around you so it's just like I don't know I'll, I'll stop there I don't mean to get preachy but like that's that's just how I've, I've come to see where I'm at and what God's doing right now and um Man, it's it's amazing. And and then to go through these petitions, uh the Lord's so good. I this petition that your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. This is one that the the Lord has just been speaking to my heart for a, a long time. And even just last night I was up late reading uh this Michael O'Brien novel Father Elijah and really got to this part of a scene where there is this depiction that your love goes deeper than my sins and failings right so here's here's the proposal have you ever been in a place where you have really wronged someone you've really let somebody down you have really sinned against them or you really compromised yourself and and you have to own up to to it and to them and so the the mentality can so often be that i have so wronged this person i've so let them down that they can't forgive me they can't for, forgive me and they they might even want to forgive me but but they'll only want to forgive me because of this kind of impulse that that's the right thing to do but if they really knew the depths to which i have betrayed them i have gone behind their back then they will definitely not forgive me and they will actually want nothing to do with me. I don't know if you've been there. Um, yeah, that that's a really dreadful place to be, um, especially when it's someone that you really love and care about and just to really come to grips with how unworthy we are of being forgiven, of, of receiving goodness in this scene in father elijah that i was reading you have this priest who is a jewish convert to catholicism and then becomes a priest and he grew up in the time of the nazi occupation of poland right there in warsaw and now is an older man Priest um, in his 70s, he comes back to Warsaw for a conference, and he's walking through these streets that he knew as a child, first in the Jewish ghetto, and and then whenever the Nazis came and took his parents off to be exterminated, he was able to escape and run through the city and come to find refuge in this good, good Catholic man's home, and he was hid up in the attic for a long, long time, and he came back to see the the man who now owns the the house that he was hidden in before eventually he had to run and flee and was able to survive and so he's talking to this now owner of the of the building who is just old and he's crotchety and he's just kind of miserable but he's kind of intrigued by having a priest here at his bedside as he's at the end of his life and he's enthralled by the chance to kind of play with them. He says, I want to confess. I want to confess. And by confess, he means confess how God is a lie. His mercy is all made up. And there's actually nothing in this world that would show that God is real. And if he is real, then he's not the God that we know him to be as being good or loving or providential. Because look at all of the atrocities, especially of the Second World War. No, but, but I want to confess, I want to confess, and I want to give you a chance to convert me, Father Elijah, is kind of what he says. And then it gets to the point where this man says, What I'm about to reveal to you will be so awful, will be so despicable, that you will hate me with the very depths of your heart. And Father Elijah says, of course not. Whatever you say, it could not be that bad. It could not bring me to that. I will. I will stay here, and I can't control my reaction, but... I will. I will not run, and I. I will forgive whatever it is. And he goes on to admit that. I was the man, who came into your shop, and exposed you, as being hidden there, in um. Mister Tarnowski's house. That was the the name of the, shop owner and the man who owned that house. I was the one who caught you. I was the one who called the Nazis to come and to try and arrest you and try and deport you to the the gas chambers. And I was the one who killed Mr. Tarnowski, the one who was hiding you and took care of you. And then he started just spitting all these evil lies about Mr. Tarnowski, about who he was, about his character, about um, his past, about his history. And he just goes on and on and on to basically end up confessing that I'm the one who had him killed. And in the midst of this, right, he's just exposing the depths of this most horrific sin, complete violation of this Father Elijah, this closest confidant, this man that he looked up to, that he admired, that literally saved his life. And this was the man who out of pure evil took his life and really wanted to take Father Elijah's life too. And here's here's what I'm just like kind of marveling at this idea that we pray that your love goes deeper than my sins and failings. This is something that we really need to affirm and to believe in because I think it's so tempting for us to not want to believe that your love Lord goes deeper than my sins and failings. There's something kind of comfortable about once we can own up to what we've done, there can be such an identification with this sin, with this offense, um, with this betrayal, whatever it is, that, that I almost, I, I want to reject it. I want to reject it. Like this man wants to reject any sense of mercy or goodness from Father Elijah. You're going to hate me. You're going to you have your blood boil. You're actually going to want to kill me and hate me with every fiber of your being. And And that kind of is this defense mechanism. It's from a pure place of Brokenness that we can't see our goodness anymore. And of course, um, father Elijah and just the incredible priest that he is, is able to mirror God's love that goes deeper than the sins and failings of even all of the atrocities that this man committed during the second world war. And actually for his whole life, he really was, um, Yeah, really wicked person, all from his own insecurities and wounds too, but where do we need to hear that in our own lives? Where do we need to hear that whenever we come before the Lord? Maybe is there a relationship in our lives too where there can just be this admission, I have so wronged this person, I have so betrayed them, I have so hurt them, used them, taken advantage of them. I couldn't actually receive a love that would see me and to really see all of me. And the, the lie would be that if there would be any sense of goodness or mercy toward me, they wouldn't actually have seen the whole thing. And here's this like, what if in the eyes of God, he can see us and as he already sees all of us and still his love is unfailing, unwavering. It's a really hard thing to accept that this unconditional love of God never ceases, not before our sin, not during, or not even after. He continues to love us because He sees our goodness. Our very identity is His image and likeness. (laughs) To be set free. That God's love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. That next movement of transforms me is the movement of trust that I can come to not only trust that your love goes deeper than my sins and failings, and then I'm able to open my heart and to receive that reality, that love, that mercy, and now I'm able to be forgiven and freed. And to the extent that I can come to receive and trust in that mercy. I can be free. Here's what at the very end, Sister Faustina quotes of St. Faustina in the, um, in the diary. Quote, It's in confession. There, the greatest miracles take place. They are incessantly repeated. Tell souls that from this font of mercy souls draw graces solely with the vessel of trust. If their trust is great, there is no limit to my generosity. End quote. If their trust is great, there is no limit to my generosity. The question is, am I only aiming to be free of sin? Or am I asking the Lord for the virtues that oppose my struggles? Right? The, not just to like be forgiven. It's like, Okay, yeah, I, I forgive. That's cool. We're, we're cool now. It's know this this freedom, this full restoration of um, my relationship with God, my relationship with others, and that then I have the ability to choose love and to choose goodness into the future. This is the transform- transformation that we're made for, that we're called for. As St. Paul will say, for freedom, Christ has set you free. So do not return to the yoke of slavery, right? Um, that we can go to confession and to really believe, not only am I being forgiven of my sins, but I'm given all the grace necessary to break those chains, to break those bonds. And to the extent that I can really trust in that, the Lord can come and give me that freedom, That ultimate freedom from whatever the habits are, whatever the vice, he wants me to live in the fullness of this freedom. On the bottom of page 107, Sister Faustina says, transformation happens as we trust that his love is deeper than anything that besets us. Is there anything in our lives? Is there anything of our past? Is there anything of our hearts? Is there anything of our minds is there any habit that we have is there any mentality that we have is there any sin that we continue to fall into a certain mindset that we have um that we just think because of this there's no way and and maybe like god could love a part of me god could love this little bit of me but not all of me like what is that that's that's an incredible thing essential for us Identify and to be able to hand over to the Lord that he might be able to see it and he might be able to speak. And I still love you. And I still love you. You are still worthy of love. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, even if you still struggle with it, my love is unwavering. I'm not going anywhere. I still love you that's worth allowing this gaze of the Lord to really penetrate our our own hearts especially in the light of his mercy that goes deeper than our greatest sin and failings and then transforms me the Lord prophesied this through the prophet Ezekiel a new heart I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you and I will take out of your flesh the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I love this, um, this image. I've prayed with this a lot and pray just uh, continually for the Lord to give me a, a new heart. I feel like time and time again, I just need more of his heart and less of my own weak, stony heart. I love the Saint Catherine of Siena who herself had this prophecy of, mystically made real to her, the Lord invited St. Catherine to make this exchange of hearts that St. Catherine would give him, Jesus, her own heart, and Jesus would give her his heart so that Jesus could love St. Catherine in her and through her. And, and so this, this was a part of kind of the mystical marriage that she had with the Lord where there was able to be this heart transplant, so to speak. Um, And I I really think whenever we look at the scriptures, whenever we see the Old Testament of Ezekiel and, and others, and then we see the way that the Lord comes in, and he just invites us to really open up our hearts to him, that he wants to do this with each one of us, to really have a partaking of his own heart. And here's maybe something, too that the Lord would want our heart, right? That it is reciprocal. And when and, and we shouldn't look past this, that that I might think, oh, that's beautiful. The Lord wants to give me his heart. The Lord, like, because my heart is so bad and so wretched that, that he, yeah, we can just throw that in the garbage. And the Lord says, no, I, I wanna give you my heart and I wanna take your heart your unique unrepeatable heart the way that no one else is able to receive love or to give love i want to take that into myself so that i can have it and transform it the lord loves us and loves in 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 contrast to everything else in the in the world that if something unclean touches something clean that thing is now dirtied or unclean with the Lord, it's the opposite. We see this with the lepers and, and others. That is actually when the purity, the cleanliness of the Lord touches what is dirty, it is made clean. And so, in the Lord, inasmuch much as we allow ourselves to be consumed by Him, lost in Him, we become transformed, we become clean. And this is the invitation to surrender, to abandon ourselves to Him. Martha and, and Mary are a great image of maybe considering where the lord's inviting us we know this story well martha was busying herself with the different chores and tasks of of the house and she gets frustrated with her sister mary who's seating seated at the feet of jesus and jesus lovingly rebukes martha to say martha martha you are Anxious and worried, anxious and worried, burdened about many things, right? The problem isn't that she's working. (laughs) The problem is her anxiousness, her worry, her preoccupation with the things of, 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 of the world, of the, of the time. And that her heart, her main preoccupation would not be Jesus. And there's, there's Mary at his feet. And he says, Mary has chosen the better part, which is interesting, right? It's not that Martha, what Martha's doing isn't a good part. It is a good part. But Mary having this disposition to receive and to be lost in Jesus as she is and all of her own imperfections and brokenness and sinfulness, she's there allowing the love of Jesus to be poured into her heart and her heart to be poured into his and as Sister Faucina says, it may be that Jesus was not simply referring to a way of life that was better, but also to a disposition of the heart. At the root of Mary's transformative action was her being with him. Hearing his words, both gentle and challenging, and sitting in the silence with him were filling the emptiness of what he had expelled from her expelled from her, those seven demons that Jesus expelled. Where do we need to sit with Jesus? Where do we need to go into the quiet of our room, to the tabernacle, and to place ourselves right before him, and just to sit at his feet, and to allow that presence, that love, his gaze, his voice, just to penetrate our our hearts more and more, and to allow the reality of his love unconditional, unwavering, unfailing love to penetrate and to go deeper than my sins and failings and transform me. With that, let's turn to our litany and pray for this grace to completely abandon ourselves to Jesus Christ in trust. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The litany of trust, From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me, Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me, Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will give me That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Dry Bones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.